My favorite TV shows, man, the Sports Center, ESPN News, Pardon Interruption, um, Around the Horn, um, Quite Frankly, um, Outside the Lines, uh, uh, Baseball Tonight. Yeah, I mean, I watch sports, dog. It's basically, that's what I'm trying to say. I watch sports, man. That's what I'm into. Sports, sports, sports. Every sport. Hockey, golf, basketball, football, of course. Baseball. You know what I mean? I got a favorite team, a favorite player in every single sport. I'm not going to answer those questions. Let's go. Yeah. Back the band, what up? Back the band, That was my fault. Shout out to Boogie yes. Brown. Yes. Boogie Brown. Boogie Brown. Yes. Boogie Brown. It's Gates the Grills, you bastard. Cover my tracks like butter, so where the bread be? I see beef is dead meat. Who that yes. the president? Hear me. No one scare me. And you ain't got to double dare me. Hear yes. me. Welcome into the spectrum. It's your boy, All Day AJ King. We're presented mm. by Wagner Enterprises, enhancing your sports fan experience. Yes. This is why we love. The NBA. Jimmy Butler of Philadelphia 76. This is what I'm talking about right here. See, this is why I love the NBA so much. This is what it's all about, ladies and gentlemen. We've been talking about Boston. We've been talking about Toronto. We've been talking about Milwaukee. But now it's about the Philadelphia 76ers. An mm -hmm. amazing week of basketball culminates in Jimmy Butler being traded to the Philadelphia 76ers. Mm, to bring yes. it all down with me. I've got my co-host, per usual, Jordan Plain. What's good, Jordan? I'm here, I'm here bro. Um, I would like to announce to the, the audience that my team is no longer the Bucks, But they had a very impressive, 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 very impressive win over the Warriors this week. But my new team is, again, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. We're back. <laughs> we back. Um, I just don't, I just don't get you on this one. <laughs> but... But I can't wait. But I can't wait to poke holes in everything because, okay. per usual, you're just completely wrong. But I let you start on this. <laughs> I'm not always wrong. I think I'm. I think I'd be right in some aspects. Um, I'm. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you start on this. The Philadelphia 76ers pull off a shocker. Something of a shocker. I mean, I think. I think some people figured Philly was in the mix for Jimmy Butler, but they get him. For Robert Covington and Dario Saric, and also Jared Bayless was thrown thrown in there. Also, um, what are your initial thoughts on the trade, man? I mean, it's it's unbelievable. It gets dumped us on us on a Saturday when like I'm supposed to be watching football, but the NBA just rules like nothing else. What mm -hmm. were your initial thoughts on the trade? First, I'm like, all right, I'm gonna miss I'm gonna miss Cove and I'm gonna miss Saric, but then I'm like, that is not of what the of, of what the Sixers had to give up. I think giving up Cub and giving up Sarge for Jimmy Butler is uh worth it. So I think you get an upgrade on as a in the two way player as a in the in consistency consistency as a two way player with Jimmy Butler over Cub and Dario is I think Dario is going to be a good fit in the, on the Timberwolves, but I don't know how much he um would have strived behind all those ball ball handlers in uh, Philly. So, okay, so my first my first big question for you is how surprised are you that Minnesota didn't get any first round picks in this? Because we had Woj, we had Woj reporting that Houston was ready to offer up four first round picks. Now, I don't know what happened in between that being reported and, you know, this trade, if stuff was taken off the table, but right. how do you not get a first round pick in this deal? I don't know, especially that Sixers have a good, have a good one, have a couple good ones, have extra, 
I don't know how you don't get a first round pick, but I think that I don't think that Minnesota got a bad deal though. I think Cub and Sarge are going to come in and be really good for this um, Minnesota team. Yeah, I mean, so they might be decent right away. Um, but you think um, they need it? You think there has to be a first round pick in this, especially when four were on the table? I think, yeah. Well, yeah, for me, I'm just like, if four were on the table, I don't know how that's not the deal that you don't at least try to pursue first. Um, I mean, Covington is, is a nice piece, right? Yeah. He's like he, but he's again a really nice piece that I would like to have if I'm already a contender, and that's not necessarily what the Timberwolves are. I mean, part of the reason Jimmy wanted to get out of there so badly is because he didn't believe Andrew Wiggins and Carl uh, Anthony Towns were, you know, those guys. He didn't believe that they were they were competitive enough and that they were ready to make a leap in the West, and you know that, and the fact that Minnesota wasn't really trying to pay him the money he thought he was owed. Um, so I don't know for me, I, I guess if you're Minnesota, that that's a fine deal. I mean, you, you knew you weren't going to get fair value for him, right? Like you, you just, and most times when you're trading a superstar in the NBA, you don't get fair value back. Mm -hmm. Um, again, I, one of the, one of the better deals you, you, I've I've seen in the last five years was maybe this Toronto deal. Cause at least the Spurs got back you know, a fringe all-star type of guy in the East and DeMar mm-hmm. Rosen, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't normally, you're not going to get fair value for a superstar, right? No. Um, and, but and, yeah, it was, it was just, it was just odd. But um, what do you think about it from a Sixers perspective? Cause I'm not sold on this right now at all. Now that I've had 24 hours to think about it. I think, I think this is going to be, um, this is, this might not affect 2019 in a way that is impactful, but I think, this summer, now that now that Sixers got all their pieces, they can actually be active uh, during bio season, during the free agency, and going to get some th- uh, three point shooters because now they know what exactly their team is going to look like for the next couple years. They don't really, they don't necessarily have to uh, guess because they didn't know if LeBron was coming. They don't know if Paul George is coming. In. They don't know if Kawhi is coming. In. They don't have to necessarily think about what star am I going to get. They know the, st- the stars that they have, and they, now they can really build a team with certainty about. Or this is what the personnel is going to look like. We're not, uh, we're not rebuilding anymore. We have built, and now we need to add our pieces. I'm just, I'm just left with so many questions for the Sixers right now. Um, mm-hmm. And I know this is a big splashy move, and I know the Sixers fans really want to, you know, just praise this because it's their first. It's the first time they've gotten a big acquisition like this in a long time. Somebody mm-hmm. who isn't homegrown. Somebody who, you know, at least at least in general, wanted to come play with them because they had structured a, a really nice organization. Um, and the process worked, right? Like, I don't I don't care what happens with this team. I don't care if the Sixers win another playoff series or if they ever win a championship. The process worked because the process was we're going to stockpile talent until we, we have a team that's worthy of contention. And they have three of the top 20 players in the league right now. Yeah. But do these three players fit together? Not so much. Um, mm. And now, like you said, even just even just looking at the makeup of the roster now, where's your shooting coming from? Your, your best shooter is J.J. Redick, obviously. But out of your top three guys, the best shooter is Joel Embiid. 
And it's it's just gonna be hard to see how they do this. Then the fact that they don't get off of Fultz, you know, how do they not get off of Fultz in this deal? Well, I would have liked it a lot more if they could at least gotten him out of there. But you think? You, you think? Got, I don't think that I don't think they're putting on Fultz yet, though. Are why not? I guess that's my <laughs> question. Why I not? <laughs> I don't think they put on Fultz just yet. I think. I think they are – they know the player that he can be. And this is just so much – this is not like – I don't know. It, it The decision between Fultz is so interesting, right? Because if you punt on him and then he gets better in the future, then you kind of regret it. And if you don't get anything good back for him, then you really regret it. So I think I think you give the guy more – I mean, they, they gave JoJo – They you see how long they gave JoJo. You see how long they gave Ben. They don't mind letting letting guys sit out. They don't get. They don't care. They want you to be the best player that you can be when you're ready to play. Well, then sit him out. Then why don't they sit him out? Because he's not it. I I think that, <laughs> that they're uh they're trying to give him some minutes to see if the minutes will work. See if I right, maybe it's a mental thing. I think they're trying. They're just trying a few things out, and I think that um I don't necessarily. I don't necessarily know if the Sixers are ready to give up on him because I think Sixers have supreme patience, and now they don't even need him to be the. They don't even need him to be that good. They if they can get ten points from him a night, that's not bad. They kind of do need him to be good now because now that you've given up guys like Sarge and Covington who are big rotation players, now he's steps into a position where he's one of your best four or five guys, and so now you kind of do need him to to be productive. Uh, from the perimeter. Now you kind of do need him to step in and play a bigger role. Um, I don't know. I'm, I don't see this really working out. Um, the chemistry thing already was a little odd with Embiid and Simmons. And you can just tell that that is not something that's going to be uh, viable long term. That dynamic of Embiid continues to grow his brand. And he continues to show that he's the best player. But now, Ben, we've got the uncertainty of his jump shot. We've got the uncertainty if he can coexist with Joel Embiid long-term. And now you just pull in a guy like Jimmy Butler. And I guess my biggest issue with the Sixers in this trade is, um, and this is kind of nitpicky, but again, you pass up on so many opportunities in the past, and this is, this is the one you decide to pull the trigger on for your big splash to quote-unquote complete the process, and it just doesn't seem like, like, you kind of need to be absolutely sure that's going to work. So, um, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't, I think Jimmy, but the thing about Jimmy Butler is that who else could they have got? Who, what other superstar is so good at three-point shooting that that would have, that they wouldn't have had to give up Cove and Sarge? There's no way that you don't have to go Cove, and there's no way that they're getting three-point shooting back it, with, with any star. If they're trying to get any star do they wait into do they wait into the summer and hope that some that somebody's gonna change their mind or do they go out, give up Kevin Sarge, then replace them with three point shooters? I think it's much easier to find a three point shooter in the NBA now than a superstar. Like I would much rather have Jimmy Butler than have to find somebody who can shoot a three than have to find a Jimmy Butler, you know? Cause it's, I think is Jimmy Butler a superstar? I I think he's a star. It's so easy to find it's still easier to find somebody who can come off the bench and put up and put up five threes a game and make three of them in the NBA today than it is to find a player like Jimmy Butler. 
Okay. I mean, I, I yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree with you there. Um, I just, I just am worried about how the pieces fit. And another thing is, you know, the Sixers seem to be pretty locked in on extending him and potentially giving him the max. And we know, you know, with some deal of certainty that Jimmy probably wouldn't have signed off on this unless, you know, he felt pretty secure and this was a place he was going to sign and this is a team that was probably going to offer him a max deal. How does Joel look at this and say, man, I'm supposed to be the process, but you guys come in and bring this guy off the street and you pay him, you give him a max deal? Or Ben Simmons, who hasn't even gotten his max extension yet like Joel has, same thing. Does he say, so now you're bringing in this guy and now my shots go down and my shine goes down and Joel was already the star here. Like, the things just don't, the things uh, with the chemistry thing, it, it just seems like it's going to be an experiment with the Sixers. And I don't feel like that's something they necessarily had to do. Um, you know, I, did I think the Sixers were the fourth best team in the East before the trade? Yeah, I did. I mean, but that's earlier in the season and the Sixers could have continued to develop um, and maybe push past the Bucks or the Raptors or even challenge the Celtics. So I don't know how it looks. I mean... What about you? Does this propel them into contention for the East now? I think it does. I just think I think all the things you're saying could happen, but like I don't think that this team is that team that I don't think those I don't think JoJo or Ben mind sacrificing for the good of the team. And I think they'll they'll learn how to play with each other, learn how to mess with each other. I think that offense already was like really good when it wasn't turning the ball over, but it was turning the ball over, and then now the defense gets better. I don't know. I think so. I, so obviously, I think, I think straight up, you would rather have Jimmy Butler than Robert Covington, right? Like, I don't think that's even a question. Yes. Um, straight up, Jimmy is a better player, but it just seems like there's so many egos and so many personalities now on the Sixers team. Um, it's going to be a lot to deal with. And I, again, I've said this multiple times in the past. I just don't think Jimmy Butler is a superstar level player. Or the type of guy that can be your best player on a title team. Or but he's not, though. He's not, though. He's the third best player, like you always said, though. Is he going to? But but that's the thing. He already, we, we talked about this on the Twitter. He already talks like he's Kobe. Like, he already comes into a locker room and comes into practice and yells at people like he's Kobe. So you already know he thinks he's the guy. Is he going to come into the Sixers locker room and say, Sure, I'll defer to these 20-year-olds. You know, Joel Embiid and, and Ben Simmons are younger than you and me. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys crazy. Don't say that. He, Don't say come, that. What do, what do you think? Yeah, I, I had to say that. Um, they're younger Oof. than you and me. Do you think Jimmy Butler, who's pushing 30 and who's in, you know, pretty much the prime of his career is going to come in and say, Sure, yeah, no, Joel's the best guy, and I'm just going to play my role, and I'm going to play defense. And, you know, I, I don't think he's – I don't think you'll ever see Jimmy Butler, you know, not give his all because that's that's the type of player he is. He gives his all, like he said. But he's not going to come in and defer, and I think that's going to cause issue. Uh, I don't know. We definitely will see. I think that Jimmy Butler is going to love playing with this team because it's a fast team. It's not – it's a team that gets the ball moving. I think I think that – I think that we're going to see Jimmy Butler play a, a different game. I'm, I'm not always sold that 
Jimmy Butler is the chemistry killer that everybody's saying he is, I think he got fed up. And I think that's what we saw. He was like, I don't want to play anymore. And that's what we saw. And, of course, you don't want that if he doesn't want to play there. But I think he really will enjoy his time with the Sixers and want to play on this team. I think the 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 biggest struggle is about this team is three-point shooting. And if, and if Ben decides to walk, that's cool because I think that the Sixers can figure something else out. I completely forgot about the, the young boy, Zaire Smith, who's still who's nursing an injury. He's probably to take a Sixers red shirt year. They, the Sixers are still coming back with, with younger, younger guys. I'm going I'm to pause you right there. Think about think about if they had stuck with Michael Bridges. Again, I, I heart back to the draft because that draft still bugs me. Think mm-hmm. about if they had stuck with Michael Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, he would be, again, an instant wing player, instant knockdown shooter, instant defender on the wing that now you could place with a guy like Jimmy Butler and really have a lockdown perimeter. Um, and instead, you're stuck with Zaire Smith who can't play. You've got Markel Fultz, who's the number one overall pick, who still doesn't have the confidence in his jumper. Uh, Landry Shamit is probably the best rookie and the best young guard, you know, obviously outside of Ben Simmons, as the Sixers have. Um, I just, just so frustrated with that Sixers team, man. I, I just feel like they're missing on so many little things that can make this team better. But picking up Jimmy Butler is a good clue, and, you know, Woj, Woj had some really nice details in his last report about how Elton Brand did a good job of, you know, making this deal happen. So I'm pretty sure he's happy and excited to get his first big deal as Sixers GM. Um, yeah. And, you know. It's a, it's a big deal. It's a very big deal. And I think I think what you mentioned about the night giving up the first round pick, he didn't really necessarily mortgage his future. I mean, he did give up Dario Sarge, but he didn't mortgage the future of this team for this trade who's about the same age as Jimmy Butler and Sarge, who is a who is a nice young piece, but I think he's replaceable at this point in his career. Absolutely. Um so yeah we'll we'll see. Uh obviously um we got we got physicals going down. Uh, I believe the physical is set for Monday. Got trade calls and yeah, all that. Yeah so you know everything needs to be finalized but um the earliest he could debut for the Sixers is Wednesday against Orlando. So it should be really fun. Yeah. Very, very, very much so. Um, what about? Let's talk quickly about your bucks, though. Um, I guess, I guess they're my bucks now because they're not your bucks anymore. Um, uh, again, I'm way more impressed with them than I am with the Sixers right now. Who, who you know, the Sixers yeah. blew a late lead to to uh, Charlotte, and you know, somehow found a way to hold on. Embiid had 42 and 18 on Friday night. Um, but earlier in the mm-hmm. week, the Bucks take down the Warriors handily at Oracle. That was the most impressive one of the week. That was that was the most impressive one of the season to me. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I mean, absolutely dominated them. Uh, Steph had a pulls up with another injury. I mean, just uh, I just can't can't catch a break. I'm saying I can't catch a break. Like it's <laughs> um, Steph just can't catch a break. He he like pulled a groin muscles. So he'll be out for God knows how long. Um, but the Warriors looked out of sync from the get-go, missed a lot of open shots that they normally hit, but the Bucks took advantage of it and really ran them out of the gym. Here's one thing like, yeah. one thing I'll say about the Bucks that was really, really impressive was the way that they shot the ball with confidence. Nobody yeah. hesitated. Like a guy like Tony Snell, 
who for years I've sat here and been like, man, this guy could really be something, but he just looks so tentative in the last two right. years uh, uh, under Joe Prunty and under Jason Kidd. And guys were out there shooting the ball without hesitation. And I think that's obviously something that, you know, has started under Mike Boonholzer. He's told them, yo, we're going to shoot, we're going to shoot threes and I'm not going to, you know, pull you out if you, you know, hoist up a three early in the shot clock or something like that. So it's it was really fun right. to watch. I think, I think that that Bucks team is super, super, super impressive. And I think having, having Giannis doing what he does every night and becoming the, the strong player that he is, it's like, this is, this is like, kind of scary because now the the top four teams in the East, I think somebody suited this. Are the top four teams in the East better than the top four teams in the West? And I think, of course, nobody's better than the Warriors. And but I don't know who's the second best team in the in the West to to say that they're not better than the Raptors or this Bucks team. I don't know. I really don't know. I, it's it's actually a good conversation. Right? I would love I would love to say it's the Lakers. Um, but you know, that probably wouldn't be a great argument at this point in time. <laughs> um, they are six and six, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, here's the thing. Maybe, like maybe the top four in the East are better than the top four in the West. I don't particularly think so at the end of the day. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's see the top four teams in the East and the, and the top four teams in the West. Cause I'm trying to figure out there's, there is. The Warriors, who's one, but well, who's two? It's not the Rockets anymore. So, so again, right now, right now, it's right now it goes uh, Golden State, Portland, Denver, San Antonio in the top four. But hmm. I think I think more of what you're seeing is just there's a big jumble after the Warriors this year. Um, you know, we haven't had a clear cut team come out and say. We're we're the, the second best team in the West. We're the second and third best teams in the West. Um, you can make a case that Denver has been that team, that Denver's been the team to come out and be like, you know, we're here to stay. But at the end of the day, I think as the season goes on and things start to, to shape out, you'll see that the West is still dominant. Because we've been saying this for 20 years now, how, oh, my God, oh, the East is finally back. Um, and you know, the postseason comes around or the end of the season comes around and you see how the West has just dominated the East and you're like, oh, okay, maybe not. Um, so yeah, those top four teams in the East are good. Um, I mean, obviously nobody, nobody is on Golden State's level, but I, I would venture to say if the top teams in the West did battle with the top teams in the East, the West would come out on top. That's just my perspective. Um, there's still more talent in the West. There's still more teams that I trust, I guess is what I'll say. Um, I think Golden State distorts things because we say, oh, because they're not as good as the Warriors, they're not a good team. No, those teams in the West are still really good. Yeah. And, and But I just don't see them being – I like the Raptors over a lot of teams in the West, though. I think the Raptors might be the second best team in the league right now. Um, I mean, I mean, that's, that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure if I, if I fully agree with that, uh, offensive, offensive statistics will tell you that the Raptors have the second best offense in the league right now. Uh, they're right Mm -hmm. behind the Warriors that they're running at a torrid pace. Obviously Kawhi brings a different dimension to them and they ran the Lakers off the floor last weekend, which was depressing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. let's, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers. 
and your boy LeBron mm-hmm. James. The Lakers pulled within 500 uh, for the first time in a while, it seems like. But they're, they pull into 500 at 6-6. Six and six. They beat the Kings last night. Um, what, are you, what are you seeing from the Lakers right now? Uh, I have so many thoughts. Um, they're, they're so stressful to watch at times, especially with LeBron and the way that he takes plays off. Uh, but what do the Lakers need right now, I guess? Uh, we haven't recorded since Luke Walton got cursed out by Magic Johnson in, in some random office. <laughs> um, but is that what the Lakers need? Do they need a new coach? Like, I guess, I, I guess I'll put it this way, uh, and I'll let you go. Uh, everything, it seems like everything people said about the Lakers in the offseason that was going to happen under LeBron has already happened, and we're only 12 games into the season. Yeah. So, yeah, we knew that Luke, Luke was on the hot seat as soon as LeBron as got there. As soon as LeBron got there. We knew that Luke's on the hot seat. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think that – I think the Lakers need time. I think that's – they're still a very young team, still trying to build this – build a team, and – we talked about how LeBron just accelerates things, but I think they're just a young team trying to figure it out. I think the most impressive thing for me this season has been Lance Stevenson. I think he has been like <laughs> make him dance. He's yeah, I think he's been. It's so interesting how him and Javale are the second and third most important players on that team this year. But like <laughs> they night in night out, it depends on how good they play. If those guys play good, then then it's a, it's a win. Um, here's my. Here's my issue with the LeBron thing. Um, and I agree with you. Lance Lance has been not perfect, but he's been very exciting. This Lakers team is nothing if not exciting, right? They're yeah. really fun to watch. Um, it's never boring, no matter how crazy it gets. Uh, Lance has been a spark plug off the bench. JaVale has been incredible, although I think I think the addition of Tyson Chandler just puts everything right into perfect position. Because now JaVale doesn't have to start, and he doesn't have to play huge minutes. Um, and when you get JaVale on shorter sprints and shorter spurts, he's a lot more effective. Mm-hmm. He can give you all the energy that he has in those mm-hmm. 20 minutes that you play him. And maybe he might still play 25 or so minutes, depending on the matchup. But if you get him in shorter sprints – uh, throughout throughout a game, he just gives you a lot more. And Tyson Chandler's been a huge addition. But the thing with LeBron, though, that um, again, he's he's so frustrating throughout these the first twelve games. He seems to be on autopilot. Yeah. Um, and the game, especially last week that I referred to against Toronto, it was like he wasn't even there. It was like that was his night off. Like, oh, I don't care about this. I'm gonna go kick it with Diddy after the game. Right. Um, and I'm not and I'm not mad that he went to go kick it with Diddy. He sounds mad that he was do you wanna go kick it with Diddy? I would definitely kick it with Diddy no matter what. Like <laughs> if I'm living in Los Angeles and Diddy invites me to a party, how do you say no to that? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna chill with Diddy. Um, but I so I'm not mad at him about that. The the optics of it didn't look great after L, but I'm more so upset with the optics of it where he looked like he wasn't even interested during the game. Right. And so it's like, man, like, okay, so you, you play like you don't really care. And then you go basically show everybody that you didn't really care when you go kick it with Diddy after the game. Right. 
Um, and he just seems to be on autopilot. And again, people people will try to make this sound like it's crazy because his numbers look fine. <laughs> I yeah. mean, his numbers are on par with what we've seen from LeBron throughout his career for the most part. But again, it's the way he's getting those numbers. It's very low impact. And that's how you end up with a game like where the Sixers go into the Motor Center in Portland. They win handily, and LeBron has a minus 22. That, for me, has been the the thing about the, the, the Lakers this year is that LeBron is just kind of there. <laughs> like Exactly. LeBron is just kind of there, but he's doing it. It's, it's so weird, right? Because he's doing everything that he usually does. It's just kind of just there. Like, he's just not – He's still making the 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 chase down blocks and the and the fast break dunks. It's just like I don't know. He's doing it easy. Like this is like something. It's like LeBron is just showing up to work. Exactly. <laughs> um. There's there's not a whole lot of passion in it, right? Like he's. But again, it's it's low impact. The Lakers win. They beat the Kings by 15 last night, and LeBron <laughs> was a plus two. <laughs> Right. He's just coming into work. <laughs> and for me, for me, it seems like, you know, there was like, there's the clip that Josiah Johnson tweeted out where Bron appeared to be talking to Luke about how the offense was too fast. You couldn't really discern what exactly they were talking about, but that seemed to be some something that they were discussing. Um, again, this is kind of what people talked about. Like, is LeBron really going to want to pay? play fast place all the time is he really gonna be cool with that um it, it helped propel the lakers to a top 10 offense so far this season but it seems like now uh as as each game goes on when lebron is on the floor the offense is slow it's stagnant uh he runs a lot of isos where he takes long twos and clanks them like just very bad possessions right and when he goes to the bench you you see him with a, a with a plus minus of plus two in a fifteen point game because when he goes to the bench, the uh, Rondo or Lonzo will run the bench unit and they will go up and down the court and like you said, Lance will be flying all around the floor and that's when they make their runs and their impact plays. And LeBron kind of just comes back in the fourth quarter and he's like, okay, I guess I can hold on to this uh, hold on to hold on to this win for you, but. I mean, it's it's almost like he's not he's not there. <laughs> it, it, it is very much like LeBron is a ghost, and he'll he's gonna he's a ghost that's gonna give you twenty six points a game. And I think this that's is it is it a bad thing? No, I don't know. It's just as long as he's not losing you games, you know, he he could be mellow. <laughs> but at the end of the day, okay, he. he he really could be mellow, bro. By the way, did you see that stat? Um, that stat on Mellow, thir- no, what was on it on Thursday night? It was like he has he has a uh, less made field goals than he has. Uh, no, he his son, yeah he has he has less made field goals than uh assists, blocks, or something. Something. It was a crazy stat like that. But the the biggest part of it was. The Rockets are minus fifteen points worse when he's on the court per per hundred possessions, which is just unbelievable. That's horrible. Um, and so it's I I try to like 
I try to be fair to Melo because I really don't think this is his fault in Houston. But when you see stats like that, you're just like, Jesus. Like, how can they keep this guy around? And now Woj is reporting that they're potentially trying to maybe trade buy him. him out or trade him. Oh, man. Yeah, that's – see, you, you, LeBron could be mellow at this point in his career just be worthless, but I think – not to say that not to say that LeBron's – LeBron is in his 16th year, though. And Le, for LeBron to even be a plus two, giving a team 26 points a game, is a feat in and of itself. And I know that you hate when, when people give LeBron trophies for doing nothing. And you say, <laughs> we say LeBron is great great for, for being LeBron. And, but I think that's very true is that – LeBron is great for just being LeBron, and I think that that is why we celebrate him. Yeah, I mean, you can. It's fine to do that. Just don't call him the greatest player of all time if you're going to do that. Then, <laughs> I mean, that's my only thing. I don't mind. I don't mind. Just don't, saying, just don't say he's better than Kobe. Just don't say he's better than Kobe. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole other discussion. That's a whole other discussion. Um, okay. Kobe, Kobe really cared about his team's success. You, it's so funny how we how we do like the uh, the selfishness thing because that was the big thing when Bron first came in the league. It was like, oh, Kobe is the selfish superstar, and LeBron is the unselfish, willing passer. Um, but Kobe always cared about his team's accomplishments. Like Kobe mm-hmm. always cared about team titles and team team awards. LeBron has consistently cared about MVPs and scoring titles and assist titles and oh yeah we lost but I had 10 assists like that that's a real yeah. thing he said by the way in the prime prime of his career before he won a title in the Cavs they you know they, they lose a big playoff game he said yeah we lost but I had like 10 assists though that's a real thing he said before and so those are the things with LeBron where it's like it's interesting how we talk about who's selfish and who's not. Um, but I guess the, the bigger question is, um, with LeBron here, is he just biding his time here and, and you know, waiting for a stretch run? Um, or are we going to see this throughout the year? Because if we do, I mean, they might end up at 41 and 41 <laughs> where they are right now. I think, I think we're going to see this team get, put it together. I think this is a very early sample size um, – I think this is not we have a, we have enough on teams to see like all right this is who they're gonna be but I think we'll see a little bit more uh, meshing. I don't like judging teams off the first year together, but I also don't want to discredit how it looks. And I think if LeBron continues to play like this, yes, this is a 500 team. But I think if this the rest of the guys can kind of figure out how to play with LeBron, or if LeBron can figure out how to play with them, I think we might see this team become a 51 team maybe this season, maybe next. Okay, another big thing from the week that I want to touch on real quick. Jamal Curry, another Curry disciple, um, which, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, check out Tom Haberstroh's piece on Steph Curry and how he's the new Michael Jordan. I recommend it A-plus material. (laughs) Um, But part of that was, you know, Curry has spawned this whole generation of guys uh, who want to shoot from, from the perimeter point guards. And Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets. Again, Denver, 9-3, second in the West right now, or tied for second with Portland. Uh, he goes off for 48 points against Boston mm-hmm. this week. Uh, he shot for 50 at the end of the game. The first, let me get your thoughts oh, on the, that. I, I, I know. I, I'm like, why is he going to bring up this story? But now I know why you're bringing up this story. 
<laughs> yeah, he uh he went off on Kyrie. He gave it to Kyrie. He did. Well, he did torch Kyrie, but Kyrie was big and mad with the mm-hmm. 50. Um, man, threw the ball into the yeah. stands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, what were your thoughts on that? Like, should he have been mad about that? Or is, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that at the end of a game. Like, how do you feel? Uh, I think Kyrie... D- Threw twenty five thousand dollars away. I don't know why he acted like that. Like we playing basketball. Like why you? Yeah. Why you doing that? Yeah, I guess it's twenty five thousand dollars well spent if that's that's what gets your anger out, right? I don't know. No, you could go to therapy for a lot less, bro. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, see, I don't have Kyrie's <laughs> money though. See, like if if I if I made twenty five thousand dollars every time I took a step, which basically is what Kyrie does. Maybe 25k to get your anger out is a good thing. <laughs> um, but I thought that was an amazing performance. And we had we've had so many tremendous performances, especially even this week. We've had some dope individual performances. See, yeah, be with a 40. I mean, he put your he put your boy White Dante on skates. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jamal yeah. Jamal Murray's 48 was amazing. Like I I'm loving this Denver team. I'm almost, I'm almost about to make them my nuggets since we just pick it, we picking teams out here. <laughs> did your, did your nuggets this week? I feel it. That's, I think, the, I think the nuggets are very impressive in figuring out who they are. I think they've been the dark horse team for a couple years, but I think this year they kind of have some pieces that can make it interesting in, in the playoffs and maybe, maybe can make the Western Conference Finals. Potentially, like I, I. I don't doubt it. I mean, because like you said, we don't have a clear-cut second team right now. The Rockets have clearly regressed. and um, Trash. Horrible. Man, I, I don't even know I don't even know how to analyze the Rockets, though, because when you're watching them, I don't, you know, okay, so they lose Ariza and Mbamute. That is like a clear, that's clearly going to affect your defense, right? But it's been their offense that struggled. And um, yeah. they don't look like they're clicking at all. I don't know. Yeah. Like, did CP3, like, was this last injury the last straw for him? Like, is he done? I don't I don't even know what to say about the Rockets right now. Yeah, they're, they're bad. <laughs> like, they're bad. Like, they're not the, the team. And I think the big thing is that they relied on the – we saw what they relied on. They relied on shooting a lot of threes and making, making them. But – when when it, when they're not making them, they don't have another plan, and uh, they just have not, as a team, been making their threes. Yeah, the team as a team that's shooting thirty one percent, they're gonna lose. The, I mean, another issue again might just be you know. So you were not only do you give up to your best defenders, but now you've got Melo playing minutes, and it's like Jesus, big minutes, torched on the defensive end every time. Um, he's. I want I want to play any team that is playing Melo thirty minutes a game. I want to play any team in the league. If you're playing Melo thirty minutes in a game, I want to play you because <laughs> that's I'm, he's not that good. Yeah, I mean, if the so if they face the Warriors today or you know down the road and they still have Carmelo and they're still playing him minutes, like the Warriors, he literally can't be on the floor against Golden State. Like it's no. it's just not a thing. No. You will get torched. The Warriors will. They'll drop 150 on you in a snap. Like he, he literally can't be on the floor. So they got a lot they have to figure out. I would have, 
really liked it if Houston had got him. Yeah, I was I was kind of rooting for if they had gotten Jimmy Butler. It's kind of rooting for it. Because they have three point shooting around them, but who they would have to give up a few guys. I was I was rooting for it more so just to see if that could have elevated them back to a point where they were kind of competing with the Warriors. Uh, I like, I don't think they would obviously I don't think they would have beaten Golden State, but you know the way it's looking right now, I just don't see if there's a team that could even really take Golden State to six. Um, certainly, there's no team that can take Golden State to seven again right now. So I was kind of rooting for Houston to get Jimmy just to see if they could get back to a level because Golden State looks like they're gonna roll through the West. I mean, it, they might go fo fo fo. I don't know. I don't know if they'll go fo 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 just because I don't think they have the motivation to do it. Like I, uh, you know, that was that's obviously what they did the first year they got Durant. Um, but they mm-hmm. they were just so much more motivated. Um, I yeah. feel like they're like you know we've already done we've broken every record. Like they have the best they have the best regular season record and the best postseason record of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know they don't really have a whole lot else to prove except for we're just gonna you know rip through these wins. So you know yeah uh, that it's been it's it's gonna be interesting to see how the West shapes out. Like it's just. A lot of jumbled mess there, but we've had so much great basketball, man. Uh, yes. So much, so much great basketball to watch. Um, all right, so now, who's the best team out east? The the Raptors, but I think the Bucks are on their head. Um, I just, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what, what those teams play when they when they're when they're healthy. It's it's. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I. I want. I want to see the Sixers today, but I think that the Sixers in maybe three months we'll see at the All Star break what they what they have, and then maybe they'll be the best team out East. Should be interesting to see. All right, Jordan Plain. So before we get out of here, the Chiefs nine and one. Yeah, I was, we're the best team in the, in the NFL. They're next week Monday Night Football in Mexico, Mexico City. Against the Rams, what are you looking forward to in that one? You got to get your bonus picks on here. What are you looking forward to? Todd Gurley versus versus uh Kareem Hunt, Mahomes versus Jared Goff, Clash of the Titans. What are we gonna see? Some offense. <laughs> some offense. We're gonna see some offense because the, the both the Rams defense and the Chiefs defense are very iffy, but I think. Both defenses have been improving over the weeks, but I think that it's going to be interesting how 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 gassed they'll be playing each other. You know, um, how, how have you been enjoying the sound bites from Marcus Peters over the last two? Weeks? Well, he's he's the goat soundbite. He's <laughs> this the only person that I want to hear talk after any game. Yeah, the Rams are up. The Rams are up twelve now. This is going to get some good sound bites. Some really good sound bites. Marcus Peters is the is the best man. I swear. Oh, uh, he told he's told Sean Payton he got to come see him, which is just hilarious. <laughs> he said there's some gumbo. <laughs> he said keep talking that shit. That killed me. That killed me. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, Marcus Peters has been a great sound bite. Um, I think the Chiefs' defense has improved a lot. Um. They played the so they played the Cardinals today. We're recording on a Sunday. They played the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, that's not an offensive juggernaut, 
<laughs> by any chance, uh, by, by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-mm. But um, Heldon, 14 points, got after the quarterback a lot, uh, which has been really the saving grace of that defense is that they've at least been able to get some pressure on the QB. Um, yeah. I mean, the Cardinals could not block D Ford. I mean, no. They literally could not block him. He was he was getting around the edge on every possession. I felt so bad for Josh Rosen because I really think Josh Rosen is going to be a good quarterback. I think he's the best rookie quarterback. After, okay. after seeing him play against the Chiefs and after seeing his counterparts in Darnold and Mayfield play, I really am on this Josh Rosen hive right now. But um, he's behind an offensive line that can't block anybody. So I don't know how he's supposed to show anything. Um, but I thought he really did a good job against the Chiefs today. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm, I'm hopeful that the Chiefs can hold the Rams' offense at least under 30. And if they, if they hold the Rams' <laughs> offense under 30, they get a W, right? Yeah, I think, I think the Chiefs def- definitely score five touchdowns next week. It's the, but the Rams. That's not easy. That's not easy to say. Hold them under thirty. I, Chiefs have not been not. I don't trust the defense to not hold anybody under thirty. But if we can do it, that's a W. But we'll we'll see for sure. Okay. Bonus thing before we get out of here again. I I I almost forgot about this. I knew I wanted to discuss this. Please tell me you've seen this Duke team. Bruh, you was hating on Zion. Don't <laughs> you was hating on Zion, bro. And this team is like, somebody gonna say, can, can this team beat the 95 Bulls? I was like, yo, y'all are wild. They said, can this Duke team be the 95 Bulls? I was like, oh, it, <laughs> y'all's going crazy. Oh my god, your man's the original, the original you thought you was Kobe, Paul Pierce. <laughs> Uh, went on went on countdown and said uh, that they could beat the Cavs right now, which I thought was hilarious. I think they can, bro. I think this Zion. Oh God. Um. Okay. Yeah. So I, I definitely was hating on Zion. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, I did the I did the fastest one eighty I've ever done on a player in my life. <laughs> He was like, "Never mind, you know this is a this is a guy." I watched him play one game, and I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is something else." Um, here's the thing, right? I don't do anything like not based on fact, or at least not not for a reason. Um, you know the the highlights that ESPN was running because you know ESPN is like all the way in bed with Duke now. Like they've got like the hard knocks. <laughs> they've got like the Duke hard knocks equivalent, basically. On ESPN mm-hmm. Plus, so like that's, I mean, Duke and, and and ESPN might as well just be sleeping together. You know what I'm saying? Like Coach K <laughs> might as well be sleeping with like an ESPN executive or something. I don't know. Like this, they're all the way in bed together, and um, they they show like the highlights of Zion playing against these Canadian teams on Duke's Canadian tour during the summer, and I'm like, man, these dudes are like these dudes are like five foot ten. Mm-hmm. Like okay, he okay, yeah, he jumped over a five foot ten guy. Great, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you might as well show me his high school highlights too. Um, <laughs> but no, to go on that stage, uh, like you know the against the tip off classic against the number two team in the country in Kentucky and blow them off the floor, hard like like horribly like it almost embarrassed them. 
he he almost played a perfect game. 11 for 13 from the field. He hit his two jump shots that he took, which again, we'll we'll get into that throughout the course of the season, but the man still can't shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, similar to what we've seen with Ben Simmons, uh, and Giannis Antetokounmpo, he, he gets to the rim so effortlessly that he almost doesn't need to shoot. Like if you give that man a running start, imagine, imagine playing off of Zion and giving him a running start to the hoop. He's two right. five. Are you right. kidding me? Uh, if he plays like this throughout the season, he'll be the number one pick in the draft. I mean, he's he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's that good. He's that good. And uh, Cam Reddish is also really good. R.J. Barrett, or this, these might be top five. Like, they might have the three of the top five guys in the country. Yeah, my my boy, my boy Andrew McDevitt from NBC Two. He. Uh, he was saying, you know, right afterwards, he was like, these three guys need to be one, two, three in the draft. Like, it don't matter like, which what order it is. These three guys are one, two, three. Um, Cam Reddish like 13, seven for 13, bro. Like, what? And and then they, they play Army today. Zion was 11 of 14 from the field <laughs> against Army today. This <laughs> um, is not even fair. Um, I don't know. There's a chance that RJ Barrett might might end up being the best player uh, in the draft or the best player on this team, and and possibly going number one. Obviously, with the way the league is going with scoring point guards, that's a thing. He is he's big, like he's six five six six. Is RJ Barrett? Um, he's he's uh-huh. playing. He's so he's the guy I was more impressed with on the amateur circuit coming into things because he's played in real high level competition. Like he's been yeah. playing on the FIBA circuit with with the Canada national team, and yeah. he's been roasting USA and roasting the, these countries. So he's played in like these these real high level games, and RJ is just so impressive too. I don't even know who's gonna end up being the best player or who's gonna end up being the highest drafted. They're that good. Like who who you who you? I, I know you like Zion, but who you taking, Kim or RJ? Uh, no, I'll take I'll take RJ. I mean, I mean they're they're again all three of them are they look NBA ready. Uh, yeah. Right now, uh, they could play in the league. Um, I, I would take <laughs> I would take RJ. He's just you know really polished. Um, his jump shot has improved so much since from since he was you know playing in high school and playing in the FIBA games. Uh, he's just a very polished player in general. Like he looks like he could be running an NBA offense right now. Okay. Okay. So I, I really, I really enjoy RJ, but it's just going to be fun. It's going to be fun to see these teams. Um, I made the, I made the point on Twitter last week that we've got like our YouTube stars in college now, like all yeah. of the guys we were like standing for on YouTube over the past five years, have finally made it to college. And I feel like this this is the first time I've been excited for college basketball in years, man. Right. Who else you look who else you who else are players to watch around the NCAA? Um well let me first give a shout out to my boy Mac McClung. Like I said, he's uh our YouTube stars have made it. Uh he's like mm-hmm. he's this like short like six three, six four white dude out of uh out of the uh Maryland area 
Um, he's committed to Georgetown. He played his first game at Georgetown, and he's he I, he blew up on YouTube because of the dunks. Like he's like a super crazy dunker. Um, people wondered if he could do it against high level competition because you know for whatever reason the the teams he played in high school weren't like the best in the state or whatever. They were kind of lower division. But he came out did this crazy windmill. 360 reverse dunk in his first game at Georgetown, and I'm like, I don't care if he can play basketball. This this dude <laughs> is fun to watch, right? Um, and then you got Bull Bull. Oh God, which I don't know if you see him play, but he's he's it. It looks kind of crazy, right? It looks like, yo, this is ridiculous. How is this guy doing this? The funny, the funny thing about Bull Bull is he's like shorter than his dad. <laughs> his dad his dad was like seven seven and he's like seven three. Wow. So he's somehow he's somehow shorter than his dad. I don't know how that's possible. Um but yeah, Bo Bo is amazing, man. Um I remember the first time I even heard about him. Like I, I first time I heard about Bo Bo was really over the summer. Like I hadn't I hadn't seen too much of him, like obviously on YouTube. He wasn't really a YouTube sensation. He didn't really blow up on AAU circuits or anything like that, but uh, heard about him over the summer and saw that he shot 60% from three on the Nike Hoop Summit or, or like <laughs> Nike, uh, whatever, like Nike Summit uh, tournament that, that was over the summer. And I'm like, I, automatically, I was like, if that's a real number, like he really shot 60% from three, he's like the number one pick in the draft. Like, why are we even talking about this? <laughs> Cause he's seven two, like, like you gotta gotta pick him, and then you see him play, and it's like, it looks a little awkward. Like he looks very much like, like KD a little bit when when he was in his first year of college. He looks very like clunky a little bit, but like then he hits one of those fadeaways, and you're like, oh, he can actually play, and this guy is actually special. And I think the KD comparison is about the, as close as we've seen to a guy like Bobo, but I think Bobo actually has a little bit more arm length and is actually more of a can I don't know who can he guard he's he's light on his feet he's I don't know he's he's really good he's really good watching him play yeah he's um he's amazing um the draft express guys uh uh Mike Gavoni or Mike Schmitz and uh and Jonathan Gavoni uh over at ESPN they did a breakdown on Bull Bull's game which is really good I recommend anybody watch that up on YouTube um Really, really decent breakdown of his game. Um, he's, I mean, he's, to me, he reminds me of a guy we saw just last year in college, uh, like a Mo Bamba. Uh-huh. Uh, Bamba! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, he reminds me of like a Mo Bamba, like he, a guy who very much, like you can't, you can't resist him in the draft, right? He's, he's, because he's got too many outstanding skills and just int- intangibles, like, the long arms, the seven two. He's got like a nine foot wingspan, something crazy like that. Uh, even the fact that he's able to to shoot threes is just like you can't pass up on that in the draft. So he's like a lot to go in the lottery. Um, but you know, he's like, he, he, he's like the ultimate three and D guy. Um, he's he obviously if he if he turns if he actually puts everything together, he would be a trans a transcendent player, right? Yeah. Um. But I mean, he he's he's not very coordinated. Obviously, the being seven three seven four and that skinny, 
is just going to be an issue with him defending on the perimeter and how much you have to do that in the league. Um, his motor, um, again, guys that are that tall, their motor comes into question. So, like, can you play 30, 35 minutes in the NBA? It's hard to right. tell with him. Like, it's it's going to be really tough. He might end up being a guy who you play 20 to 25 minutes in the league. And I, I want 25 minutes in him, though. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. I, and if you can max him out, that's the thing. Like, if, even if if his motor isn't high enough to say, you know, be a feature big and and you know play thirty five to forty minutes in a playoff game or something like that down the down the the stretch of his career, yeah. If you can max out what he can give you in twenty minutes, that's like a game changer on a contending team. You know, right. so it, yeah, he reminds me a little bit of a Mobamba. You know. Kind of similar to his pops, right? Like he, he, uh, he. I think his pops was seen as much more of a novelty, but Bull Bull in in the NBA today would be seen as a commodity. Like guys would be like, "Oh yeah, I, I, we need him on our team." Right. Um. But yeah, it's just a fun, fun season of college basketball coming up. Um. Although mm-hmm. I, I gotta tell you, after transitioning from watching uh, Duke, Kentucky to watching Ohio State play Cincinnati in Cincinnati was like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. It, it was an unreal change of pace. Let's just say that. Um, you, you, you see the difference between the top-tier talented guys in, in college basketball and guys who are, you know, third and fourth year upperclassmen <laughs> who, you know. They're, right, who, they're, who, who actually go and graduate. Right, right. <laughs> They're, they're in – we're at this point now in college basketball where, you know, if you're still in college three or four years in, you're probably there for a reason. Yeah, yeah. And so it's just the, the, the level of play just goes so much further down once you get past some of those top teams in the country. It's, it's hard to watch, man. It's hard to watch. Um, but that being said, definitely tune into these primetime games. One of the craziest stats, and I think I'll end on this, is uh, Zion Williamson will be playing 30-plus nationally televised games this year. And They only um, play 30 games in a season. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Like I said, ESPN and Duke are are in bed together. Uh, But he'll be playing playing 30-plus nationally televised games this season. And DeAndre Ayton uh, of of uh, the Phoenix Suns, uh, number one pick in the draft, is playing eight nationally televised games this season. So, okay, yeah, gives you gives you some perspective on just how much you get when you put together Zion and Duke. And there's there's a lot to be said about how Duke has rebranded into. Hey, we have black guys now who can run and jump. <laughs> Look at us. We not just gonna play and pay white guys to play. Um, you know, it, it's it's definitely a transition. I'm I'm sure JJ Reddick doesn't necessarily feel that great of a kinship with the Kyrie Irvings and Jason Tatum's of the world. I wonder if they all get together and watch Duke basketball together. I don't I don't know. I don't know how that works. <laughs> That's I think I think um this this next draft is gonna be kinda good because we're we're gonna make into the NBA, but I think we're gonna see some teams who are bottoming out, but I think they're going to be ending their processes and getting their final pieces to kind of put together and build around and kind of do what the Sixers did. So I think this this draft is going to 
put the end of some of these bad teams that we have in the league and give the Suns the pieces they need and give the Kings maybe the pieces they need? Um, the My peoples in Ohio are praying they get a Zion or an RJ. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of right with them. I, I hope. I hope that the people in Cleveland don't have to suffer for too long. Although, after arguing with Cavs fans for four straight seasons, it's kind of nice <laughs> to see them in agony right now. They can't, they talk, they got J.R. Smith acting like he's the superstar of the team. He just might be. He might be the second best player on that team. <sighs> that just, Imagine that, that. That just sounds depressing. Imagine that. That just sounds depressing. All right, y'all. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, this is an episode forty-two. Is this forty-two? I I can't even keep count of all the episodes. We're we be now. doing episodes. We be I, doing episodes. I, I they would sleep even, for a minute. I can't. Oh, even it, oh, we didn't even tell them. We on Spotify now. Oh man, check us out on Spotify. The spectrum. Oh God, we like we like Joe Button in them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be. I'm trying to be the Joe Button of sports talk. You hate me so much, but you still listen. You gotta listen. I feel you. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> we Joe Button in them. I'm um I'm the white bull. Oh uh, you oh you Rory. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, what's the other bull's name? Uh, <laughs> Maul. 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 That's what it is. Rory and Maul. Oh, my God. Please, yeah. please, rappers, stop going on Joe Budden's podcast so I don't have to listen. Please don't, because I can't. Those three-hour pods be long. They be, they be killer, man. Thank they y'all for listening. Long. Check us out. Check us out on Spotify. Check us out on SoundCloud. Check us out on Apple Podcasts. Rate us and review us. The Spectrum. Uh, appreciate all the support. Follow Jordan at Jordan Plain. Jordan, tell him mm-hmm. about tell him about uh some of the work you're doing right now, the collabs you've been doing. You've been doing some fire work. Let the people know. Oh man, you put me on the spot. I, we usually talk about sports in this show. Um, I just did a just did a collab with uh this part uh, named Danielle Williams. She's a I think she's an AKA, Jay. Um, she is. She is. I saw that. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, she went to Elon University. She's getting her MFA at what I want. I don't want to mess this up, but I know she's getting her MFA. We're actually going to be doing an event in January in Philly. Um, that's that where those details are coming through. Um, what else? I just, I'm about to release a book with uh, a poet named Ricky Strickler. He he wrote some poems about privilege, and I did some um, some graphics and some illustrations for that. So that's coming out next week. We're having a little small event in Philly. Next week for the release for that. Um, what else is happening with me? I'm just, I'm just doing my thing, you know. Just uh, turning up every time, every second. I've been, I've been working on my uh, graphics. Hopefully, we can get some uh, spectrum graphics. Working on some things for us. Um, we're gonna be back on station as soon too. That's coming up for sure. For sure. See, this is why. This is why I had to let you go. You know what I'm saying? Because you be doing everything. Uh, Follow basically follow at Jordan Plain. Yeah, all the dope work Jordan is doing. Um, follow us at the Spectrum Pod. Um, yeah, we we're coming back on Station Head November twentieth, I believe, is when we're we're debuting our new season. Thank you for everybody that's been supporting us through everything. Um, so continue to check out what we're doing. Continue to check out Jordan and my work as we move forward, and we'll be back soon. Yeah, we'll see y'all. We'll see y'all very soon. I hope. Maybe some more blockbuster trades. We'll see if Carmelo moves. We'll see. We didn't talk much about the NFL. Maybe we might do a show wrapping up with the NFL. Um, we could. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So we'll see y'all soon. Episode 42, 43 coming soon.
for sure, for sure. We out.